0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
1: Hi, me, my sister, and my mum have been trying to make sense of this for the past couple of hours, and the facts get less comforting the more we compare our experiences of that night. So last Friday night, I-17 male was home alone while my family besides my sister, 21, who was at work stayed in their cabin a few kilometers away. I'm used to staying home alone as this exact scenario is very common in the summertime, especially while I'm working and can't travel from the cabin and back. I'm not usually jumpy or afraid while home alone anymore used to the odd creaks and settling noises of our old house. I was especially comforted by the fact that my sister's dog was also in the house with me that night, and most noises could be attributed to him, and if anything were to happen he would act as a guard dog of sorts and alert me to anything odd. At the same time, however, he is the type of dog to bark at any noise or person walking past the door or windows so I'm used to hearing him bark or growl at night. Even so, this past Friday the sound of his barks at nearly 12 a.m. were disconcerting, to say the least. Despite my comfort with staying home alone, I am still terrified of the premise of a break-in or some other uninvited human interaction at midnight. I let him bark for a few seconds, telling myself it was just someone walking past our glass door in the adjacent alleyway, and he would quiet down once they passed. Needless to say, that's not what happened. He kept barking and growling for a few moments too long, and I finally got out of bed, I sleep in the basement, and walked upstairs to check it out. As I'd suspected, he was standing alert at the glass door. I was comforted for a moment until I walked over, ready to close the curtains and go back to sleep, and saw the door open about two or three inches. I froze. I had let Bosco the dog out earlier that night, But I know I closed the door. I have never left this door open. I am a paranoid person with bad anxiety, especially concerning break-ins and the like. So I would never, home alone, forget to close the door. I am 100% certain. But at the time I didn't let myself think about these facts, or even acknowledge that I could not have left the door open, because I knew it would send me into a spiral, possibly even an anxiety or panic attack if I didn't explain this away. I closed and locked the door, double-checking that it was certainly locked. Using the flashlight on my phone, the lights were all off, I looked around the entire second floor of my three-floor house, including closets and other reasonable hiding spots, just to put my mind at ease and upon finding nothing, went back downstairs to my room. As I was down there, trying to push away the fear, I could hear Bosco walking around on the floor that doubles as my bedroom's roof, I thought I was overthinking it when it started to sound like human footsteps accompanied by Bosco's footsteps. He walks around for about 10 minutes before I put in my earphones and talk myself down until I can fall asleep. At 2 a.m. that same night, my sister comes home from work. I woke up a few minutes before this to Bosco in the basement, which he never does. There's even a gate to stop him from getting to the basement whining at my bedroom door. When I got up to let him out my sister walked in and we let him out the front door rather than the glass patio door, letting him in the same way. We talked for a while before I went back downstairs and my sister went to the bathroom. I forgot about the door, busy with work for the next few days, and forgot to mention it to anyone until tonight. My sister and Mum were home with me for a movie night while my dad and brothers stay at the cabin. I remembered the door situation when we were picking out horror movies to watch. I was sharing it as a creepy, almost funny story before my sister spoke up, saying that the same night, an hour or so after they got home, the door was open again. The same door that was locked from the inside, and not open since, earlier that night. My stomach dropped and I started shaking the second this was revealed. We first started trying to explain it away maybe she had let boss go out and forgot to close it until we both recalled that we'd used the front door then we were trying to justify a reason someone would break in to not steal anything and proceed to stay for two hours before leaving ultimately i realized that i quite possibly locked someone in the house with me then forced them to hide upstairs while i searched the second level of our house Then this hypothetical person would be trapped up there, now knowing that this house that appears empty with the rest of my family gone, and all the lights off was not empty, and there was a dog who would bark if they showed themselves again, alerting me to their presence. Then, when I was in the basement and my sister was in the bathroom, they ran out the glass door, which is timed perfectly to when they found the door open once more, much wider than when I found it as though they were only in a hurry on the way out. Perhaps they left it open the first time for a quick escape, or to stop the loud sound of it meeting the door frame. Either way, it ties together too perfectly for me to reasonably brush it off. I know it's unlikely, especially with nothing missing, but in this small town, there have been many reports of break-ins with nothing missing, vandalizing, or just breaking and enterings many many times, so it's not as unlikely as it may be in a bigger city. I can't make sense of this, and I'm shaken up thinking of the possibility of someone being in my house, while I was asleep, alone in the basement. There's a part of me that doesn't believe it, but I can't shake the too many coincidences that all tie together to make this as concerning as it is. I have aphantasia, which is relevant to the story. I can't visualize things, and I have no visual memory. I remember the things I see by having a constant narration in my head, and I can remember what I thought. So, my little brother was always terrified of the basement, and would not for the life of him go down there. I was also a bit, but older, so I had to be braver. I was always the one sent down to get stuff. My brother and I were talking about the basement one day, and I was prying about why he was so scared. He would barricade the door at night and stuff. He told me he sometimes hears things from down there scratching and weird-sounding talking in some language. I was immediately alarmed and told him someone must be sneaking in through the door down there. He said, what door? There's no door down there. He even brought up that I can never remember anything visual. But I argued back that he hasn't even been down there for years. We argued back and forth. I went downstairs and came back up, proud to declare that there indeed was a door down there. He got really pale and upset and asked my dad if there was a door in the basement. Dad laughed and said, A door to what? It's underground, of course not. I'm getting super mad. I know I can't remember things idly, but I just checked. Our little argument kept going a bit, me trying to get him to go down with me. Finally he did. No door. Four concrete walls. I wailed, but I've been inside. My brother and I ran upstairs and barricaded the door, and neither of us would go down again. The first house I moved into out of high school while going to college was a very old, very small house in a town that dated back to the Civil War. I lived there with three other guys since rents were high, but we made it work. The house was built on a hill and had a small driveway in front with a U-shaped driveway in back. It had a full basement and was owned by someone with multiple rental properties in the area. They told us we had full access to the upstairs, but that they used the downstairs for storage and to never go down there because it was full of their stuff. We never questioned it, because the rent for this particular location for our area was low. We were still technically on campus, but our house was surrounded by other college students, so we could have parties whenever we wanted to. Everything was great until we started having unwanted visitors. At first, things were pretty easy to ignore or completely write off. A roommate home by themselves would walk into a room and the lights would be on when they were home alone and hadn't flipped any switches. Someone else would hear a faucet turn on and off in a room with no one in it. We tried to do what research we could at the time and found that water pressure can cause faucets to do some crazy things on their own and that power surges can do similar things with flickering lights. Unfortunately, things kept getting stranger. At one point, one roommate, who was home alone, got out of the shower, looked into the mirror to start shaving, and noticed that someone else stepped out of the shower behind him and left the room. He searched the house, but couldn't find anyone else home at the time. Later on, a different roommate had several items go missing out of his room, including his keys and a pocket knife. He later found them in our microwave. Again, no one else was home at the time. Me, personally, I got home on a day when nobody else was at the house for the next couple of hours in between classes. There was a folding chair on the front porch next to the door, and I had an armload of books. I set the books down in the chair, unlocked, and pushed open the front door, turned and picked up my books, and when I went to walk into the house, the door slammed in my face. I thought the wind had caught the door and went to open it, but discovered that the door had locked itself again, both handle and deadbolt. Last of all, three of us were sitting together on a couch watching TV when we heard a loud, heavy thud, as though something had been dragged off of a bed in a back bedroom. All three of us later confirmed that we could distinctly hear both footsteps walking through the house, as well as the sound of something heavy being dragged behind. Last of all, the back door opened and slammed shut, even though we were all in the living room and there was supposed to be no one else in the house. A week later, we started to smell gas in the house. We called the authorities in the middle of the night, and they searched the house with us waiting on the front lawn. Finally, they told us that they couldn't find a gas leak and asked us to open the basement. We had never been in there at our landowner's request, but since the fire department was asking, we opened the garage door. Right in front of us was a Honda Shadow motorcycle with a large pool of gasoline underneath it where the gas tank had apparently leaked underneath it and the rest of the house. The firefighters saw this and decided to leave, while we were left to look around the rest of the basement. Most of what we found was shelves and shelves of canned vegetables, but in the very middle of the floor, under everyone's bedrooms, was a mortuary table and a second device. I'm still not sure what the second device was. It was cylindrical, with a small viewport in the front door. It seemed to have some places on the back for hoses or pipes to connect to it, although nothing was attached when we found it. It was about the right size for a couple of two liters of soda to fit inside. Soon after, we found out that our landowner worked night shifts at a local hospital. Whatever it might have been, we decided that enough was enough, and we all decided to move out as soon as our leases were up. I was the last one there, and I promise that the last seven days I spent there alone are the longest days I've spent anywhere since. I am a self-described cynic who doesn't believe in the supernatural, but I can also admit when I have absolutely no explanation for a set of events. I'm sure some Reddit scientists will be able to explain everything that happened to me now that many years have passed, but I don't need their explanations anymore. I just accept that being in old houses alone is not a good idea, and do my best to avoid them altogether. The first house I moved into out of high school while going to college was a very old, very small house in a town that dated back to the Civil War. I lived there with three other guys since rents were high, but we made it work. The house was built on a hill and had a small driveway in front with a U-shaped driveway in back. It had a full basement and was owned by someone with multiple rental properties in the area. They told us we had full access to the upstairs, but that they used the downstairs for storage and to never go down there because it was full of their stuff. We never questioned it, because the rent for this particular location for our area was low. We were still technically on campus but our house was surrounded by other college students, so we could have parties whenever we wanted to. Everything was great until we started having unwanted visitors. At first, things were pretty easy to ignore or completely write off. A roommate home by themselves would walk into a room, and the lights would be on when they were home alone and hadn't flipped any switches. Someone else would hear a faucet turn on and off in a room with no one in it. We tried to do what research we could at the time, and found that water pressure can cause faucets to do some crazy things on their own, and that power surges can do similar things with flickering lights. Unfortunately, things kept getting stranger. At one point, one roommate, who was home alone, got out of the shower, looked into the mirror to start shaving, and noticed that someone else stepped out of the shower behind him and left the room. He searched the house, but couldn't find anyone else home at the time. Later on, a different roommate had several items go missing out of his room, including his keys and a pocket knife. He later found them in our microwave. Again, no one else was home at the time. Me, personally, I got home on a day when nobody else was at the house for the next couple of hours in between classes. There was a folding chair on the front porch next to the door, and I had an armload of books. I set the books down in the chair, unlocked, and pushed open the front door turned and picked up my books, and when I went to walk into the house, the door slammed in my face. I thought the wind had caught the door and went to open it, but discovered that the door had locked itself again, both handle and deadbolt. Last of all, three of us were sitting together on a couch watching TV when we heard a loud, heavy thud, as though something had been dragged off of a bed in a back bedroom. All three of us later confirmed that we could distinctly hear both footsteps walking through the house as well as the sound of something heavy being dragged behind. Last of all, the back door opened and slammed shut, even though we were all in the living room and there was supposed to be no one else in the house. A week later, we started to smell gas in the house. We called the authorities in the middle of the night and they searched the house with us waiting on the front lawn. Finally, they told us that they couldn't find a gas leak and asked us to open the basement. We had never been in there, at our landowner's request, but since the fire department was asking, we opened the garage door. Right in front of us was a Honda Shadow motorcycle with a large pool of gasoline underneath it where the gas tank had apparently leaked underneath it and the rest of the house. The firefighters saw this and decided to leave, while we were left to look around the rest of the basement. Most of what we found was shelves and shelves of canned vegetables, but in the very middle of the floor, under everyone's bedrooms, was a mortuary table and a second device. I'm still not sure what the second device was. It was cylindrical, with a small viewport in the front door. It seemed to have some places on the back for hoses or pipes to connect to it, although nothing was attached when we found it. It was about the right size for a couple of two liters of soda to fit inside, Soon after, we found out that our landowner worked night shifts at a local hospital. Whatever it might have been, we decided that enough was enough, and we all decided to move out as soon as our leases were up. I was the last one there, and I promise that the last seven days I spent there alone are the longest days I've spent anywhere since. I am a self-described cynic who doesn't believe in the supernatural, but I can also admit when I have absolutely no explanation for a set of events.
0: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: We'll be able to explain everything that happened to me now that many years have passed, but I don't need their explanations anymore. I just accept that being in old houses alone is not a good idea and do my best to avoid them altogether. Alright, to preface this, I'm really creep the f out right now. If anyone here has any advice that'd be great, because this is the only place on the internet that would take me seriously. Anyways, let me get to the story. So I'm a high school student living with my parents. I get good marks, I have friends, I have a normal ass life. I'm religious, but I don't have any history with any spooky spiritual stuff, except for reading about it on Nosleep and listening to some creepypastas. pastas Today was a stressful day of school, so I was looking forward to coming home, finishing my s of Algebra 2 homework, and then chilling and playing Civilization or something alone in my room. The typical stuff. I'm writing this story at about 7.30. Well, about 6.00, my parents up and left. They went out to eat or some shit, and they won't be back till like 9.00. With my parents gone, that leaves me with the responsibility of watching our dog. Great. I put up with my dog for about an hour before it's time to feed him, so I go upstairs, leaving all of my lights on. Every light downstairs was lit up, I don't leave room for spooky mother F to lurk around. I fed the dog and waited about 10 minutes before I took him outside. This is where it gets sketchy. I take the dog out, leaving the door to my house through the backyard open. While my dog is doing his thing, I'm looking around and I see something in my neighbor's yard. It's this tall black mass of something. I thought it must have been a new grill or something, or one of those patio umbrellas. I don't know, it was dark, and I couldn't see perfectly. Obviously, I brush it off. I'm not going to get spooked by a grill, and I go inside with my dog. Dog taken care of, I sit down on the upstairs couch to chill a minute before we go back downstairs. Spooks time, all my lights are off. I know that I left these lights on, so I'm pretty creeped out. I try to explain how it could have happened to myself as I go around turning everything on again when I hear a ring at the doorbell. I go upstairs to check, and there's a black mass chilling in the window. It's tall, very tall, but it doesn't have a face or really any features. It's just a black, tall mass of something. Obviously I'm spooked right the f out, so I kind of look around to orient myself, and when I look back, the mass has little indents near the top like eyes. Not joking, the thing grew eyes. All I can do is just stare at it. I can't take my eyes off of it because I don't know what it would do. Eventually, I start to hear faint whispers that sound like they're coming from behind me. It took my a while, but I discern them saying, open the door. Over and over. The whispers were in tons of different voices. It was like a crowd chanting it. One voice stood out, though. It was the loudest voice, and it had this sort of low growl to it. So I'm standing there. Staring at this mass of darkness, frozen in fear, and I start to hear knocking. Like dozens of people outside the house knocking on the doors, wall, and windows. Then the doorbell rings and rings and rings, and it keeps on ringing. Louder and shriller each time, it nearly made me crazy. I finally snapped and ran downstairs, bringing the dog with me. All the lights were off again, but I just bolted to my room, turned that light on, and closed and locked the door. For a while my dog stood growling at the door but after some faint squealing came from the other side it retreated and came and sat beside me i can't get any signal on my phone i've tried calling my parents my friends the police but i can't get a call out about every five minutes or so i hear a loud bang on the door and the doorknob shakes followed by the low growling voice saying open the door i really don't know what to do at this point it's going to get in Or if it doesn't, I'll have to come out sometime. If my parents come home, they won't be walled from it. Someone please respond as soon as possible. Update, it's 9-11 and my parents aren't home. There's a constant tapping on the door now, and I hear stuff outside my room being messed with, like furniture and stuff getting overturned. I'll update again in the morning. Update 2, it's morning now, I fell asleep somehow last night. I waited a while to make sure I didn't hear anything before going out of my room. Some stuff was knocked over and all that, but overall nothing is amiss. My parents are in their room with the door locked, so I don't know what's going on there. Update 3. Some really scary stuff happened today, but I want to wait until tonight to post again to see if something strange happens. I'll have a knife with me this time around if it makes me feel any better, and I'll be immediately barricading myself in my room. All right, I'm still alive, but some freaky stuff happening again. I'll fill you in on what happened this morning. I woke up, and I was mostly surprised that I had fallen asleep with all the slamming and the stress, and honestly, I couldn't remember the moment I fell asleep. I initially chilled in my room for a while before opening the door, but after about 15 minutes of nothing happening, I went ahead outside. It was about 5 a.m. when I went out. Mostly everything was okay, but some furniture was flipped over. Also, I had this weird feeling of being watched any time I got near a shadow or a patch of darkness. It was probably just me being paranoid. I went upstairs to check and see where my parents were. Their car was in the garage, and the door to their room was closed and locked. Worried, I got a spare key and opened the door. They were a little pissed at me for waking them up, but they were all right. I was too shaken up to go back to sleep, so I just went ahead and got ready for school. School was completely normal, and so was the rest of my day, until around five, when my parents went out again. I was trying to be prepared this time, so I got all my dog supplies, a knife, and some stuff to barricade my door, and I locked myself and my dog up in my room with the light on. It was pretty quiet, and I thought I could probably abort the mission when I heard walking outside my door. Suddenly, the lights outside my door went off. A loud knock shook the door, and I heard the voice again. This time, the voice was angrier. It was definitely frustrated. Open the door. Obviously, I didn't say anything. After ten minutes, I could tell it wasn't going away. That was when I saw a little slip of yellowed paper slide under my door. The footsteps were moving away from my door now, and the light outside my room turned back on. I was too scared to go pick up the letter initially, so I left it and kept with my dog for a while. Then my lights turned out. Every light, a straight-up power outage. I flipped out and hid under my bed covers like a scared kid. It felt humiliating. I am the darkness. You can't hide now. The slamming on the walls and the chanting started up again. Open the door. Open the door. Open the door. It went on for what seemed like an hour. My phone was working, so I called the police. The operator said they were sending help, and they stayed on the line. Help never arrived, and the call dropped. Trying to call them back, I got a hold signal. Efforts to contact by internet went in vain. After the hour was up, it all stopped, and the lights came back on. That was all two hours ago. I've gone and picked up the note. It seems to be some text in a foreign language, and then a symbol. I'll post it later, probably. Right now I'm just going to wait it out and hope he doesn't come back. That's what I wrote last night, but then the bot told me it wasn't enough text for a post and deleted it. I decided to wait till now to add what happened all this morning and today. So the thing never ended up coming back, but a little more freaky stuff turned up. I checked next to the door this morning after I woke up, and there were photos slid under the door. The photos were of me laying on my bed, playing games, doing homework, anything... I didn't know what to make of it. I was mostly in shock, so I went on with my day after mulling over it for a while. Today was normal, nothing happened. The mass seems to only mess with me at night. Anyways, I went ahead and translated the note I got. It was in French of all languages. It said News Sommes Les Ombres, News Sommes la lumières, News Psalms Les Ancients, News Psalms La Rectitude. On me Puit Pass Casher. Uvas porte. It translates to, We are the shadows. We are the light. We are the ancients. We are the righteousness. One cannot hide. Open the door. Spook the F out right now. I can't make out the symbol well, though. It seems to be two birds back to back next to each other with a crown over their heads. In the middle of the birds is a crest with a T and an S on it. If anyone knows anything about it, that'd be great. Anyways, I can't risk to take another night of this. I'm going to my friend's house to play Smash Bros. Tonight, hopefully nothing goes down. It was Saturday night, and I fell asleep after having a couple of beers in front of the cozy fire. On this particular Saturday, I was alone in the house because my girlfriend, Sarah, was away on a weekend trip with her friends in London. She wouldn't be back until sunday night but i wasn't completely by myself because i had my dog max who is an 11 year old german shepherd we got him from a rescue center when he was a puppy and with some patient training max turned out to be a loyal and wonderful companion adding so much joy to our lives we recently bought a cute cottage with a thatched roof sitting at the top of a long and curvy driveway nestled at the base of a hill The cottage offers breathtaking views of the valley below and is surrounded by a large forest on two sides. We bought the cottage because it was surrounded by nature, which was a refreshing change from our previous home in the busy town center. Living in the town meant dealing with a lot of noise, traffic, and pollution. However, the cottage was different, located about a mile away from a small village, which had a few shops, a pub, a doctor's office, and a village hall. Our closest neighbor lived a quarter of a mile away. Let's call him David for the purpose of this story. David resided in an old, run-down house, and in the first week of us moving in, he came over to introduce himself. The people in the village seemed cautious when talking about him, mentioning that he had been living there for a long time and only visited the village once a month to get supplies. They also said that he preferred to keep to himself and didn't mingle much with others. I had only met David a couple of times since moving into the cottage. The first time was when he knocked on our door to introduce himself and welcome us to the area. During that encounter, he gave us some peculiar advice. While standing at my doorstep, I couldn't quite tell if he was joking or being serious. David proceeded to share with us that the forest surrounding our properties was very old, existing for hundreds of years. He warned us not to enter the forest without our dog on a leash and emphasized the importance of keeping our dog away from it. After bidding me farewell, he turned and walked towards the forest, disappearing from sight. This brief and straightforward conversation left me feeling unsure about David. The next encounter happened while I was walking Max on a leash through the woods, exploring the various trails. Suddenly, I stumbled upon David standing in a small open area. In that clearing, there was a circle of stones covered in moss. He said, I've been wondering how long it would take you to find this place. Curiosity got the best of me, and I asked David about the history of the stone circle. He responded, saying that apart from folklore, no one really knows its true origins. According to the stories, the circle had been there for hundreds of years and was believed to be a place where people worshipped and sought refuge during dangerous times. With that, our conversation abruptly ended, and he made a short whistle. Surprisingly, his two sheepdogs emerged silently from the bushes. David turned to me and said, "'Dusk is almost here, and darkness falls quickly in these woods. It would be best for you to head home right away.' With those words, he quickly left. I couldn't help but feel that David lived in his own imaginary world, disconnected from reality, I think he was suffering from some kind of mental illness since he lived alone for many years and rarely interacted with others, as the villagers mentioned. Taking his advice, we managed to return to the cottage just as it started to get dark. Feeling a bit tired, I decided to take a short nap. It was probably around 5 pm, and it was already quite dark outside. I vaguely recall waking up in my comfy chair and looking at the fire, which was still glowing. Max, sitting in front of the fire, was alert and tense. My mind was a bit foggy from just waking up and the beers I had earlier, so I was slow to understand what was going on. I shook my head and focused on Max. I noticed that his fur on the back of his neck was standing up, and he was growling deeply. I could also see his breath coming out of his mouth like on a cold morning walk, but that did not make any sense, as he was inside next to a warm log fire. But that... I suddenly became aware of my own breath. In front of me, something really didn't feel right in this room, and it felt like we were being watched. I don't know why, and I can't even explain it now, even though I'm about to tell you what this feeling was. I called over to Max to try and get him to come over to me, because, by this point, I was starting to freak out. He did not even look at me, but decided to stand up and kept staring at the closed door leading to the hallway stairs that were directly behind me. I strained my ears to see if I could hear anything, but nothing. The hairs on the back of my neck went up, as did the hairs on my arms. For the first time in my life, I was genuinely scared. Something deep inside me had alerted my senses to a very great danger that I did not understand. A few moments passed of me just sitting there really tense with Max acting super sketchy. Suddenly, I heard scraping and shuffling sounds on the other side of the door. Max, sensing something was wrong, began moving towards the door slowly. In that moment, fear pushed me into action. I jumped out of my chair and with a single stride reached Max. Overcoming my own fear, I grabbed hold of Max's collar to keep him from going towards whatever was on the other side of our door. I could now clearly hear a slow rasping noise coming from the top of the door frame. Then the sound of wood splintering as long black nails pushed through the door. Both Max and I stood frozen in place. A voice inside my head screamed, What are you doing? Get out of there right now. I pulled hard on Max's collar and headed for the kitchen door, which was situated on the opposite wall of the sitting room. Just as we reached the kitchen, I heard the whole door explode inwards, spraying the wood into the room. I turned quickly to slam the kitchen door shut and lock it to buy us some time. In doing so, I saw our intruder briefly for the first time. It was David from next door. He was stood in my hallway after breaking down the door. I didn't know how to react as I froze with fear. I decided to immediately grab my phone from the side and dial 911. I took Max upstairs and dragged him by the collar to stop him approaching this nutcase. Fortunately, Max didn't bark or growl too loudly, so it seemed like David had no idea where we were hiding in the house. To make a long story short, it turned out that this guy wasn't a real threat, even though he had broken through my wall and the door frame. He was actually just in a wild state due to taking too many dangerous drugs. The police arrived quickly that evening. While waiting for them, we stayed locked in the upstairs bathroom.